Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 78. We talk about collected forms in HubSpot Marketing Free, HubSpot sales calls feature, and some cool marketing examples. Now you're listening to the podcast that's all about HubSpot and inbound marketing for marketing managers and sales professionals who are either considering using HubSpot or are using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really well. And you know how you said cool marketing examples coming up in shot five? I love this one. It's so good. (laughs) So yeah, listen out for that. All right. So let's get started with our inbound thought of the week, Craig. And this is from the Moz blog post that we've been going over the last couple of weeks. It's about the search opportunity, right? I picked out of here number eight in that very long blog post, but it says what percentage of clicks on Google search results go to an image block. And what's interesting here, it says images are one of the big shockers of this report overall. More on the other later. While Mozcast has image blocks at around 11% of Google results, Jump Shot's data shows images earn 3% of Google search clicks. Yeah, so it's still significant, but um, interesting the way that uh, they then go on to say, well, how does Google actually choose the images that get shown in that little image carousel? And they they speculate it's because of engagement, which kind of makes sense. Why would Google show images that people actually don't click on? They want more engagement. And so one of the takeaways from this, because you can actually drive a fair bit of traffic from image results, is actually to make sure when you look at your own images, would they compel you to click through? So it's kind of obvious, really, but yeah, a great little takeaway and there's significant traffic to be gained. So that's one, and obviously naming them correctly is the other. <laughs> so go and name your images correctly. And get those alt tags working. Correct. All right, on to our marketing feature of the week, Craig, and we're going to have a look at HubSpot Marketing Free, and we're talking about the collected forms tool. So this is something that is where HubSpot will collect data from forms that are submitted and actually put it into the CRM. And then you can see that data along with visitor travels around the site in that. I really like this feature and it's it's also available in the full uh, suite, but we're going to talk about it from the marketing free perspective. free perspective because I think this is a good way to jump into using HubSpot if you're not already using it. And you just want to get some benefits. And as you said, the timeline feature. Yes. Watching what people do come into the site and then the timeline they go through. It's it's kind of a killer feature. Uh, and so what we've been doing with some customers that aren't on HubSpot, because probably more than half of our customers aren't on HubSpot. We use other tools. And we'll get a HubSpot marketing free, put it in place. And then it's collecting forms because they've got some other CMS or content management systems there. They've got other form tools. Yes. HubSpot collected forms just sits in the background, no implementation required. Mm-hmm. You just enable it. It sits there. It's kind of a listener. Yes. Listens for any form submits and collects it and pulls that data into HubSpot. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So you basically have this listener that just listens for forms in the background, no other implementation required, gets those form submissions and pulls the data into HubSpot. And then the great thing is you can actually push that off to another system. So you could push it off to MailChimp if you're using that for email follow-ups. So I think it's really good that combined with, yeah, the timeline, as we said, you can just track through what people are doing. Really powerful. And the other thing it has, because it's collected all this form data, then that shows in the dashboard, the HubSpot Marketing Free dashboard. You can see where they've come from. Was it paid? Was it social? Yes. It's a really cool tool. Massive. Yeah. So I really like this as kind of a, um, a, a, a first step into 
HubSpot and you can basically get a lot of value out of it. So yeah. just set it up, implement it and see how you go. Excellent, Craig. All right, our marketing feature tip of the week. Yeah, so just a quick one here. Like, And this again, say so you've got the full HubSpot. So you've got HubSpot forms, full marketing tool. You've got the forms in place and you've created various forms for different pages, say on your WordPress site. Yes. So just a quick tip, you can actually go to the forms listing and it'll actually highlight how many submissions each form has had. So it's a good way quickly to check which forms are Performing. actually working. Yeah. And where we've seen this work is, say, you've got WordPress blog posts and you insert a form, say, at the end of a blog post. There's a call to action, you know, just fill in the form, download a white paper. Each of those has a form. You can very quickly see in that forms listing which ones are working. So a quick kind of very top-level reporting tip for you. All right. On to our sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is we're going to talk about the cause part of HubSpot sales. So in the free version or sorry, in HubSpot sales, which is free anyway, you get included 15 minutes worth of calls. But if you have the pro account, you get, I think, 2,000 minutes worth of calls. But the whole idea is to obviously make a call from the CRM and track it to see what actions come out of it. One of the things I love is using it on the app. So on the HubSpot app is to actually have, make the call out of the app. So you've got the contact details in there. There's a button to click to call and it'll invoke the call. Now, one thing that is different from that as opposed to the browser is, you remember we talked about call dispositions a few episodes ago? Well, that does not exist in the app. So when you actually make a call while in the app, you will get the screen when you finish the call to to write notes or put down a few things. You can do that and save it. And then it'll show up in the timeline as a call has been made. There is no call outcome or disposition as we would call it. So... That's something that's the difference between doing it on your desktop or on the browser as opposed to being in the app. I'll bet that's just a release schedule thing. That'll come to the app soon. Exactly. So we've included, you know, the call calling user guide. There is a few things. You can create call queues. So if you've got people on your team and you want them to make these calls today, basically you can add an option. Well, you basically select and go add to call queue. It'll appear in their call queue and then they'll have to make the calls. And then you can record and do all sorts of things but it's a really good part of the system to keep a track and get on top of what you need to get get a hold of yeah it's really nice and i'll just i was um, mentioning to you earlier what one of our customers they're actually a big partner for another software vendor and they use that vendor's crm tool yeah and uh, i was chatting with them last week and there's like they've started use because they use hubspot for the marketing side but they've never used the crm um, but they're looking at the CRM now and they're going, actually, you know what? We're actually going to switch over to HubSpot CRM. I was like, oh, that's a big call. You know, that's a big change uh, given, you know, that you're a partner for this other vendor. They said, yeah, well, it's just we really like using it, but also we really like some of these features like the sales calls, logging and things like that. And the, the kicker for them was the mobile app. They're just yep. like our sales reps can be out on the road and they can look up a contact, they can make a call, they can note it within the app and it's all synced back, which their other tool couldn't. So, yeah, I think it's a compelling feature. And I think one of the dangers or the traps you and I fall in, we go, yeah, yeah, these are cool features. Yeah, that's great. That's nice. Actually, these are game changers for big companies. You know, this is is not just small business CRM anymore. This is like a big value to their customers. absolutely. All right, so one thing that we are going to highlight in there that – there is another part to this, and that's the whole messaging feature. 
not so much related to calls, but messages is a part of the sales app and that's coming soon. Basically, that's where you can have a messaging app on your site. Like a chat. Like a chat. Yeah. And it'll connect straight in and tell you what people are doing. But the best part is, is that if you are the assigned HubSpot contact on that and you are around, you will actually get fed that message. So they're talking to the person that they have a relationship with. I'm really looking forward to seeing this messages. It's in beta. We've we've put our beta requests in, by the way. I'd love to play with it, but um, I haven't got access yet. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that because that's kind of the uh, like HubSpot's such an integrated tool, so many yes. different tools. It's like the whole chatbot thing is the only thing they haven't really got in place yet. Yes, and I don't know if you've seen the Drift lead yes. leadbot which yeah. they just released last week, which looks amazing. Drift is another company, but it integrates in with HubSpot. Kind of wonder if HubSpot are going to buy Drift, you know. I'll just pull in some of that technology. It looks really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, getting feature complete. All right. On to our cool marketing example of the week, Craig. And this is a something that you found, the coughing billboard. I love this. This is in Sweden. And the agency were building an ad for, I think it's some anti-smoking. Yeah, um, it looked a bit like, like a nicorette. Or yeah, something, those something kind of like that. patches, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's anti-smoking, part of an anti-smoking campaign. They've got this uh, interactive billboard. What they did is they built smoke detectors into the billboard. Oh, it's actually on a bus, bus shelter. shelter. Sorry, yeah. not billboard, bus shelter. And it's a screen. And so it's got a still image of a person, you know, smiling there. And when the smoke detectors detect cigarette smoke, the image on the screen changes to this person coughing and hacking and going, oh, blowing away the smoke. It's actually really interesting getting a lot of buzz. And the reason we've included it is because we just love these kind of breakthrough examples of marketing. There's a, a nice piece of marketing put in that's getting buzz. And, of course, uh, we've embedded the video so you can have a look at it. Yeah, have a watch. It's and every time this is shown, right at the end, there's a big advertisement for this particular brand of, you know, um, smoking patches. So, yeah, cool, cool marketing example. All right. On to our opinion of the week, Craig. The end of smartphone innovation. That's a big call. Uh, interesting blog post by Benedict Evans. He's actually an analyst who works for one of the venture capital firms, Andreessen Horowitz, uh, in uh, San Francisco. He's an analyst. I love following him on Twitter, by the way, and his um, blog is really interesting reading around technology trends. But the reason we've included it here is because he's talking about the end of smartphone innovation. You know, we've kind of reached that kind of plateau where yes. the phone, like how much better can your phone get? It's like, it's going to be incremental, right? Yeah. But it's not the end of smartphone penetration. So everyone's talking about, ah, oh, where are phones going to go? Well, actually, they're going to go from the two and a half billion people that have them now globally to five billion in the next couple of years. Um, whatever that time. Which is not, not long when you consider where it is now and where it's going to get to. This is exactly right. And so the message from marketing managers listening to this is, okay, uh, desktop penetration's there, but smartphones growing. You know how every year we say, oh, it's the year of mobile again kind of thing? It's yes. like growing and growing. Well, this is exactly it. It's going to double within the next couple of years. So the fight for attention is going to be on mobile and there's your opportunity. So if you're a marketing manager still not really jumping on the whole mobile piece, looking for attention and gaining attention on the mobile screen, then this is yet another reminder. And also think about where they're placing their attention. So the screen is obviously, let's put the medium, but the apps that people are using when on, while on that screen, like I think that has changed significantly and I think we've discussed this previously 
about even our behavior and how it's changed, like when we were traveling and what we did while we were away. And it's not just Google search anymore. It's so many other things from Facebook to WhatsApp to Yelp to Google Maps. You know, it's Uber, Uber Eats. It's all happening. So I think the next fight is in that space when we talk about attention. But where are we giving that attention? All right, Craig, we're on to our creative top 10 of the week. Okay, my uh, my week to give you the challenge... To exercise my creative muscle. Creative muscles. That's right, listeners. What we do is challenge each other with coming up with 10 ideas around a particular topic because we're kind of saying coming up with three ideas, easy. Coming up with 10, that's hard. Get creative. And as we've discussed in previous episodes, what separates humans from, you know, all the machine learning and bots? It's creativity and strategy. That's right. So my challenge to you this week, come up with 10 ways to educate senior management on the benefits of inbound marketing. So this will be useful to marketing managers who are often kind of fighting this. Yes. All right, number one. I thought they love role-playing exercises, so do some role-play exercises with them to demonstrate inbound versus outbound. More from the sales side, I guess, um, because that's quite evident. When we talk about inbound marketing, obviously we've got lots of online channels and that we reach people through. That might be a tad hard. But I'll tell you a bit more about it as we go on. Give them case studies. So number two, give them case studies that show the ROI of doing inbound. And there's quite a few around. If you have a look on HubSpot, you have a look at different people. There's lots of different case studies. So that's a great place to start. Stats are always good. Yeah. And senior management loves stats. There was a great um, infographic I found on the HubSpot blog. There's 23 reasons inbound marketing trumps outbound marketing. And this is actually quite a dated blog post, but very good nonetheless. So you could share that with them. Get them to do an inbound certification. Now, I thought this is always a good starting place, a good foundation. But there are things in the inbound certification they might not need to really delve into, more of implementation stuff. But I think it's a really good rounded benefit of understanding how and how this works, why it works, and what's important. So just to check on that, are you saying marketing managers should do the inbound certification so that they're more informed to no. present it to senior? Or are you saying senior management, senior should, management do should do it? Oh, interesting. I think it's getting everybody on the same page, right? If everybody's singing off the same hymn book, then you sing the same song. Otherwise, everybody's singing their own song. And we're not going to break out into song right now. <laughs> All right. Number five, show them that when sales and marketing teams align, what the possible results are. So more and more we're finding we're getting results around sales and marketing alignment or marketing as we know it. I love that one. And I think that's really key. Number six, get them to visit and talk to an organizational heads that have implemented inbound marketing so they can hear firsthand how that's transformed what they do. Number seven, talk about changing user behaviors and how that affects the way people buy and consume content and product. Excellent. This is so important, I think. User behavior is changing and the way we adapt to that has to as well. Number eight, observe and document how they buy and communicate with others and highlight to them the similarities of their behavior with buyers that are looking for their product or service. And I say this because often when I talk to people or people that run businesses, they're like, no, no one's looking for me online. I get referrals, I get calls. And then the next minute, what do they do? They pull out the smartphone from their pocket and they're off searching for something and calling and requesting services or products. And 
But when it comes to their business, they think that's not valid. So I think highlighting their behavior really would highlight how people are behaving towards them. Yeah, good point. Number nine, show them the HubSpot timeline for the journey of a prospective customer. So again, you can do this in marketing free. Show them the timeline of someone who has actually inquired on site and what they've been looking beforehand and even afterhand. And number 10, show them the path length interactions in Google Analytics so that they see how people convert. And I think this is really key. Understanding the path to conversion and what people are doing, the length, that all takes time because if you have a look in Google, you know, people start with maybe a narrow search, then go broad, then come back to what they want. And then might even take months before they convert based on the product or service that they're buying. And I think that's a really key thing. Excellent. Thanks for that. Well done. Now, Craig, I'm going to mention, we got a reflection from our listener <laughs> from one of our previous top tens and they messaged me on the weekend. And, and this, is the, this is a reflection that they had. And his name's Jonathan. And he said he received a red radio-controlled Ferrari. It looks pretty decent. It looks like it looks it's about... really good. We've got a screenshot It looks like there. it's about 60 centimetres long. So it's, it's not... With a letter saying you could take control now with American Express Platinum, right? It says you've got to get on a call, I think, with them to understand what they've got to offer. So you know what he said? He said, the concept of sending a radio-controlled item without the control seemed like a good good one to me. But now as I stand on the other side of this proposition, I fundamentally disagree with it. Because <laughs> he wants the little controller. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought that was really fascinating. We spoke about it and then here we go. We've got someone that listens that got one. <laughs> wow, that's great. Oh, for an Amer- American Express card. Gee. Yeah. Now, one thing I did find really interesting with that image... I, I delved down into who it was addressed to, and it didn't. It didn't look right. <laughs> they had the name wrong. They got the data wrong. Unbelievable! All right, onto our podcast of the week, Craig. Yeah, just quickly, I've been catching up on my this old marketing podcast with Jay Pavetsi and Robert Rose. Uh, they're always good for chatting about marketing trends. Their latest episode, they chat about media subscription models and in fact medium with yes a site i love which we love yeah has just launched a kind of a me- membership it's five dollars a month to be yeah, right. yeah i signed up straight away because i love what do you I, get for five dollars i don't know i just signed up straight away because <laughs> i just love medium and whatever they're going to give me i want it right wow. yeah i the amount of time that i put into reading consuming Content on Medium is very high, so anything that will improve that experience for me or the quality of content I have access to, I, you know, it was a bit of a no-brainer for me. Anyway, they talk about the fact that it's not actually clear what the benefits are and it's almost a donation kind <laughs> of um, <laughs> appeal, and I agree with that. They're kind of like saying, oh, give us, please, we're having trouble monetizing. Anyway, the reason we mentioned this in the show and why it's interesting market managers is because this whole idea around content putting value on content and also where medium is a channel. So really it's getting to the point where people are going to be paying, people like me are going to be paying to be reading the content there. You as a content producer, a creator can use medium as a channel. So if you're not already, definitely consider it, whether it's actually a good channel to actually test with. Should we be using medium, Craig? Maybe we should actually. Yeah. We use it for one of our customers. We've actually got a whole medium channel for them. So it's, it's uh, it's working okay, but not great. So I think it's you've really got to test and measure, as we we'll always say. But there is extra effort involved in actually keeping that yeah. channel. So, yeah, always worth weighing that up. All right. On to our resource of the week, Craig. And this is on Ahrefs. And this is a blog post about long-tail keyword research. So how to take advantage of long-tail. And they're 
got a little quote in there. So roughly around 40% of all searches are coming from billions of long tail keywords that have less than 50 searches a month. And this is interesting because when you think about it, you're not going after something massive, but you're actually going after stuff that what I would call low-hanging fruit that yeah. is potentially bringing you traffic. So here's the change in thinking that um, we need to accept. Uh, we, we, of course, all, you know, when we're doing keyword research, we, of course, want those high-volume, high-search volume keywords, the Correct. broader ones that, you know, get a lot of searches. But what this article highlights is that, um, and it's not this is not a new concept by any means, the whole long-tail discussion has been, you know, what, five or ten years going but this is more research into it still supporting that it's still the case and it's the idea that well pick off all of these terms that might only have 50 or 30 or small numbers of searches for each individual keyword but look at writing content say a blog post that you're aiming to rank for a whole cross-section of these keywords so topic themes so this is why we've moved from this idea of keywords to key themes or keyword topics so you can have a page that maybe there's one main keyword, but it's all the surrounding keywords that you yes. want to attract as well. Yep. And that, that way you can get this kind of cumulative effect where one post uh, can rank for many keywords, each with their own small volumes, which uh, add up to something significant. All right, onto our quote of the week, Craig. This one's from Rand Fishkin, and it says, Educate before you convert and find ways to filter for the not right customers. Interesting quote. That's right. What's that mean? Filter for not right customers. I take it as filter them out. Ah, find right. The, find the ones you want to work with. Ah, yes, of course. So qualify them out early. Why waste their time and yours if they're not a good fit? Absolutely. Nice one. And it can be really simple. So think about that. All right, Craig, we've got lots of random thoughts of the week there and uh, some bonus links. So have a look at the show notes. And we're going to say until next time, please feel free to join our Facebook group, our WhatsApp group, and be part of the conversation and join other people who are on the journey with HubSpot and inbound marketing. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.